Welcome to the Edelheit Experience, a compelling conversation about revolutionizing health and well-being, bringing you rich stories and lessons learned from leading corporate executives. Now, we'd like to introduce your host, Jonathan Edelheit. Welcome to the Edelheit Experience. This is Jonathan Edelheit. I have Tom joining us today. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're based. Um, well, I'm based in uh, Irving, Texas. Um, current job, I've been with uh, Team Car Care, Jiffy Lube's uh, largest franchise, one in four stores, uh, is a Team Car Care store. Um, been on both sides of the, the fence uh, with, with benefits. I've been about equal time on the brokerage side, uh, about half the time on the Fortune 500. HR benefit side. This this is sort of a little bit of a departure, a lot smaller than I'm used to, but uh, it's been a very interesting and an exciting challenge. Now, at the end of the day, people, I don't know if the right word is typical, but people make a lot of poor decisions and there are those, there's a lot of healthcare waste. And I know you're focused on kind of how to like turn that around or change that. Um, you know, talk to us about, you know, how, like, why, why are people making poor decisions? Why is there waste? You know, and, and what do you see as the solution to that? Well, I think the, the big reason why you see uh, bad decisions is just people are not engaged in what, what really matters to them, um, you, know, you know, in terms of their diet, their lifestyle. Um, you know, it's easy to do. There's so many options out there. So I, th- I think the the engagement's uh, a real challenge. Uh, it's even challenging from a communication standpoint. The the information you provide uh, often isn't getting looked at by people. I, I often joke I'm going to hire Lowe's as one of my vendors, so I can use their garden tools to dig up the rocks people are under. <laughs> so it's good analogy. It, definitely a, a challenge. It's a matter of education, and I think people are just used to having very simple solutions to everything in life and we really i don't think have gotten there in the in the benefit space we're, you know it's moving in that direction but i think we have a long way to go before uh we're offering very simple solutions for, for people i feel like you'll probably get this analogy more than anyone since you're um you know the biggest franchise for jiffy lube i always look at it as you know how people take care of them with their lifestyle and you know what we like how they're living or exercising or eating it's kind of like you wouldn't put gas in your car or oil in your car that would cause your cars to seize up. But, you know, like, so we take better care of our cars than we do ourselves. Yeah, no, actually, I have a similar analogy uh, because we do oil changes. Uh, You know, I talk about, hey, you wouldn't skip skip an oil change. You know what happens there. And, and, you know, uh, people people are the same way. We need uh, routine maintenance. Uh, you skip those oil changes and bad things will happen. Same thing. If you're skipping your preventive care, you're leaving gaps in care, particularly in the diabetes area. Um, you're just opening yourself up to some really bad uh, situations down the road. In your experience, why do you think people do that? Meaning they'll, they'll, they won't skip the oil change, right? They don't want anything to happen to their, their car, their baby, but they'll, they'll do it for themselves. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to visualize uh, that's going to happen. Uh, it's gonna. It happens to other people, but maybe not to me. That's probably true, right? Or, or when it, something does happen in the future, I can take care of it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, looking at 
people not being able to make good decisions? You know, how do we help them make better decisions when it comes to cost and quality? Well, I think we have to help them understand what's important. Um, I, I try to emphasize, uh, you know, the thing is, is with uh, our population, it's retail. So the turnover is very high. Uh, our options for putting in a wellness program that actually is cost effective is pretty limited because uh, they may not be around long enough uh, for us to get some value out of that. So um, certainly in the diabetes metabolic syndrome, um, we see we could do something there. I think I think it's a matter of one helping them understand. You know, it's important. I, I call it the four rights. You want to get the right care at the right time, at the right place, and by the right doctor. All those things, when you do those four things, then you're getting efficient, cost-effective care, and you're you're taking care of the issue before it gets bad. And and I think that's that's the secret to I think any any basic strategy for for being effective. I would agree with that. And you know, it's nice to see the industry come to that point you know, that right care, right time, right doctor. Um, but it's not easy for employees to figure that out. You know, I've seen it even with family members, you know, they just, you know, they go to the hospital that, you know, they've always gone to their whole lives, or if their doctor says, go see this person, there's kind of blind faith, and that's the only person I need to see, um, versus them really making intelligent decisions based more on on, on the data. Um, you know, you're doing some cool stuff, you know, over at your organization, you know, how are you helping educate or empower employees to really understand cost and quality and make better decisions? Yeah. So, so first of all, we've, we've gone what, uh, 25 years in a consumer driven world where people are supposed to shop for their healthcare, but they don't really have great tools to do that. Um, the, the big carrier networks, they'll have a couple stars or hearts indicating, you know, these doctors are supposedly better. Really, they're they're more of just an indication that they follow all the guidelines for their profession, not an indication of better is a conflict of interest. Um, they can't give doctors a grade on those uh, uh, those network listings because it's going to give somebody, <laughs> they're going to make some of the doctors pretty upset when they get a C or D uh, or heaven forbid an F on there so unfortunately it means that you you've got to look outside of the carriers to find a solution for us uh we looked at a vendor called amino um there's others like it but basically what amino has done is looked at about 29 billion claims through cms and, and other data points to find the cost and quality uh, you know who which doctors have that cost and quality uh, element and then what they do is they'll take your network list, superimpose that, and now when you use their app and you do a search, the the doctors that provide the best care, the most cost-effective rate, rise to the top. Now you're steering people to better quality providers. The other thing I like about the app is it gives us the ability to throw in um, point solutions that are disrupting healthcare. Uh, for example, I've got one called Green Imaging that uh, what they do is they prepay for for imaging. They'll go to an MRI facility and say, hey, what would you charge us if we bought 20, prepaid for 20 exams? And so instead of sp spending maybe uh, $2,050 for uh, you know the, the allowed amount on a major carrier's uh, network contract, 
you're probably getting an MRI for a little under $500. So big difference in the cost. And you know, putting a solution like that, you're not going to get the carrier to cooperate. So being able to put that into that search and having that come up uh, is great. You can talk about these solutions, but honestly, you've got to you've got to have them uh, in that uh, member's fingertips right when they need to use it, because they're going to forget two weeks after you've told them about this uh, great solution. Um, so that again, the secret is getting that that stuff right in their hands, making it simple for them, uh, which the app is. Uh, it'll even nav- help them uh, schedule their appointment. So they put in their time, and then the vendor schedule the appointment with that doctor before you had access you know to that app and vendor um where you're a, you know able to integrate in the point solutions how did people find out about the point solutions what did it look like beforehand well in my in my company um if we were to do them the the utilization would be pretty low we've we've introduced uh, i mean we for instance we already have free solutions we've got our eip We've got our 24-7 nurse sign, which is a free um, call center to a nurse. And they're barely utilized, even though we you know, communicate that. So to put those also in the app, I think, is going to make a, a huge difference. So we know that they don't pay attention to this. So it's all about having kind of like one thing that they're looking at for everything. Exactly. And, and for the right solutions to come up in, in a relevant search they're doing. So if they're have a health complaint, they're looking for a particular specialist, the the app navigates them to the right place, you know, steering them away from emergency room when it's not a, a true emergency, emergency to urgent care, or maybe our virtual uh, physician office visit solution. So that's that's what you're trying to do is, is, is help them do that. But I think you also have to have that conversation with a member. Uh, it's not enough to just give them the app they're going to have to change some habits. So when they're in that doctor's office, a doctor's wanting to schedule them for tests or refer them to a specialist, they've got to speak up because that doctor, as you mentioned earlier, knows some good uh, other good doctors, hopefully. Um, you know, But I would say to my people, the app knows all the good doctors. And so you, you know, the doctor, your doctor cares about you, no, no question about it, but he doesn't know what you're going to pay they care and so you've got to speak up and say hey can i go here so make sure you know your, your members whip out that that app and look at the other options and and ask that doctor to help you with that in most cases they're going to now there might be a situation where the doctor says no really need you to go here because uh you know of the intricacies of, of the care involved fine at, at least you know and you can make an informed decision uh, as a consumer and a patient. No, I think it's important. The message that you're raising is like, you know, people need to have, um, I don't know if the right word is that confidence, you know, to be able to talk to their doctors versus, mm-hmm. you know, feeling you're going to offend them, upset them, or that you can't have these conversations and they'll be uncomfortable when in reality, they may not even care. Yeah. you got to prepare your, prepare your people with talking points uh, on the areas where a solution like this is probably possibly going to fail. And so it is critical that that members uh, find themselves to be more engaged in in deciding what what the care looks like. Now, you're, when you're talking about people having and being able to look intelligently at costs and quality, how does that if they you know if they make an if they make a decision, you know, there's two doctors or two MRIs, 
and one has higher quality with lower cost um, than the one that's higher cost with lower quality, how does that benefit the member? Uh, well, several ways. One, if they're in a high deductible health plan, like a lot of uh, employees are, they're the ones fronting the money. So if, if the if the charges are less, obviously they 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 win right then and there. The other advantage is if if you're going to higher quality providers, that means lower risk of hospitalization, uh, lower risk of other uh, significant interventions, because the provider you're seeing is helping you close those gaps in care and avoiding uh, those those higher risk uh, type healthcare solutions. So it just means better health. And of course, you know we've discovered that. Higher cost doesn't mean higher quality, right? Not necessarily. In fact, you know, sometimes you'll find that a doctor who might get rated as uh, low low cost, it doesn't necessarily have the lowest fees. Um, you know, you take into consideration also are they uh, avoiding uh, you know ordering needless tests, things like that. Are they getting the person better uh, and 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 recovering? Uh, on fewer visits. So those are factored into lower costs as well. So that's important. What other things are you doing to try to help people with lifestyle conditions, you know, that are impacting not just their life, but also the, you know, the costs of the program? Well, that's been a challenge for us. Um, You know, last two years, I've been looking at what we can do, looking at the horizon that we have to bend that, that health, uh, healthcare curve been reluctant to put anything in uh, just because of the turnover we have. And quite honestly, I don't want to be wasting my bandwidth, communication bandwidth on health where I'm, I'm not able to move the needle, where I need to be focusing more on helping them understand and use their plan so they can uh, benefit from that. Um, what I've found is, is that we do have an opportunity in the uh, diabetes, uh, the metabolic disorder area. And so this coming up fall, we're going to put together, uh, we're going to implement and, and, and provide members a diabetes and pre-diabetes program uh, centered on Verda. Um, it's focused on diabetes reversal. About 60% of the members that go through that program and complete it uh, actually reverse their diabetes. And that's really the uh, opportunity uh, today, when it comes to managing diabetes, up until about 2018, you could just say, hey, as long as people uh, are adherent with their medication, there's significant savings. That's changed because in the last four years, the uh, medications people are using are much more expensive. And so that uh, that savings opportunity isn't uh, there. So really, it's about, as you mentioned, changing the lifestyle. Verta does that uh, through helping people uh, manage their weight, break through that that insulin resistance that keeps people from doing that, and it's very effective. Now, it's not the end-all, be-all. You're only going to get uh, 20-something percent of your diabetic population to probably go through that program. So you need to have some other alternative solutions, which we do. We have a chronic kidney disease program through the Mayo Clinic and also a, a lighter version of care of disease management in the diabetes area, where at least you've got someone who's helping them with with their medication adherence and making sure they're closing their gaps and their tests and things like that, which is still a benefit. And you're doing innovative things with cancer. Um, I I was talking to one employer a couple of weeks ago where they were saying that 
you know, they typically, there's not much they can do with cancer because they don't find out about someone having cancer until after the fact. And even though they have like a second opinion program in place, their employees, you know, typically don't utilize it. Um, and, and I feel you're taking a really unique approach to cancer. What are you doing? Yeah. So we, we looked at a lot of different solutions out there. Um, the challenge, of course, when you've got a low engagement population, you, you, you don't want to get into a per employee per month PEPM type of a model um, because you may wind up uh, spending more money than you're saving. So uh, it was hard finding something out there. Uh, one vendor I came across was Wheelhouse. Um, and it's a nurse navigation model. Uh, um, you're getting a, a oncology nurse that's helping you navigate. Um, by having that, it gives you an opportunity to maybe get through your chemo better, uh, reduce your chance of getting uh, hospitalization, lowering your ER. So you are getting some savings uh, because of that navigation. You're also helping that person be able to get back to work more frequently, uh, quicker in that type of situation. So there's cost savings there as well. Plus, it's a very, very nice employee uh, relations that you're taking care of your people in a very meaningful way. So I think that's that's the, the thing. Wheelhouse is fairly new, but the people involved have been in the industry for quite a long time. And so after looking at it, we felt very comfortable. This was a great solution for us. I think one takeaway I'm getting from you is it sounds like you're very innovative, you know, in adopting new approaches or even, you know, I don't, I don't know if the right word's aggressive, right? But just not the standard um, model. And, you know, working at the company that you're working at where it's retail and you have high turnover, mm-hmm. does that make you focus more on like, how do we have like big impact um, solutions or solutions that win for everybody faster than, you know, if you don't have high turnover? I think the big challenge and the most important thing I'm looking at is that these people don't make a lot of money, you know, in when you're in the real retail center. I mean, you're making what, $14, $15 an hour. Um, I don't know how you can raise a family on that. I mean, it's, it's, that's a tough thing. So, I think for me, it's about trying to put more money in their pocket, uh, whether it means uh, helping them you know, keep the rates down, helping them with solutions where they spend less money out of pocket. That to me, I think is really important because these people uh, in the, and I hate to say it, these people, people in, that are in that hourly area, you know, they're living pay to, paycheck to paycheck quite often. And so it's really, really important that uh, you can do what you can. $400 or more out of pocket is usually devastating uh, to people who live paycheck to paycheck. So I uh, I do whatever I can to help people in that area. And then also try to get them to understand that cost quality uh, aspect. It's not easy. And I think this time I've, I've got the solution that'll do that. Is it innovative? Sort of. But I think what we're doing is is more common sense. You're just giving them easy tools to help them navigate the healthcare system. Do you think this is just a fit for high turnover retail or just all companies should be looking at these things that have this kind of an impact for employees? I think it's a great fit for many retail organizations. I you know, I think it depends on your culture. I think you have to look at uh, what the attitude of, of, of your population is and, and understand that. I would say if you're going to do something like this, 
you're going to have to be prepared to really communicate it. For us, we're going to have mandatory benefit meetings. Everyone has to do the meeting or watch a video um, to be able to understand what we're doing because this is a this is a big change. And in those benefit meetings, we're not going to do your normal, oh, well, you're going to have a $20 copayment here. It's your deductible here. No, it's going to be higher level. We have a virtual benefits fair. And so we'll, we'll say, hey, you know, if you don't, uh, understand the difference which you'll pay when you go to the dentist for cleaning versus a filling uh you're going for a checkup versus you know an ear infection you need to spend maybe 15 minutes in our exhibition booths uh, uh learning about this stuff so that you understand your coverage better but it's going to be focused more on the things that they need to know to be able to take advantage of what we've done for them has the education element changed over the last couple of years. Um, you know, one thing I, you know, see for me as clear as day is I feel like things are busier than they've ever been personally or professionally mm-hmm. during the pandemic and post pandemic. Um, you know, how do you, uh, how important you're doing those virtual fairs to making them mandatory. How important is that to get any change? And are you having to do anything else differently than you did in the past? to get people to pay attention and you, and are you finding it harder to get people's attention? Well, virtual uh, benefit fair is, is something new. Uh, we did it last year. We'll do it again this year. The, the great thing about doing something like that is you have an opportunity to make it fun. So there's going to be drawings and prizes. Uh, if you go in and, and, and visit, we've got a gamification so you can get points for uh, answering trivia questions. Each booth you visit each uh meeting you do you get points for that um so a lot of different ways you can win um in that each vendor will have drawing as well so trying to make it fun and interesting i think is really important uh to to get i think for our population and i think it's probably true for a lot of populations it's just making it fun and interesting now when you're adopting new players that are new market entrants, um, I feel like I feel like some organizations may avoid that and say, oh, we just want to focus on established ones. You know, what would you say to other companies listening as to like why they should look at new companies or you know, or or roll out new new solutions in the marketplace versus established ones? You know, that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I think uh any new vendor that's probably a couple years old will will tend to give give me pause to take a look at you don't know what their track record is like um you know you 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 might still be able to take a look and see whether the solution makes sense uh whether whether there's that opportunity i think if you're going to go with a, a newer solution performance guarantees are are really really important um just so you have some some confidence that you're not going to lose money if if it doesn't work out. But I think more importantly is you really need to be monitoring those those programs. So at the beginning, how many people are are enrolling in it? I mean, if you're not getting much enrollment right off the bat, you know you have a problem. And I think you have to kind of quickly uh, retool. Um, you know, older solutions can have some advantages too. I mean, um, you know, they've been around for a while. Um, like Camino, um, they've been around for a while, and so they've they've worked out the the bugs, and 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 they work really well. So I think it depends. I think also 
Um, there's the Validation Institute that uh, does look at these solutions, uh, are able to provide an independent analysis of whether they work. So I think uh, if if you have the opportunity that that vendor has gone through that, that's another way to give you a little bit of extra assurance that you have a solution that has the potential of succeeding for your company. When you mentioned making sure there's guarantees and then checking their performance, um, what does that what does that look like for you? What would you recommend of how people structure it and how do they audit or review that on an ongoing basis? Well, I think you first need to understand what uh, what what does success look like. Uh, a lot of times, you can't say, "Oh, well, I saved this much money because I didn't have this much uh, disease or you know this much treatment." Because if it's working, um, you won't have that. So, I think you typically have to settle on what the what are the building blocks of that success look like. So, what sort of patient engagement is involved? what sorts of gaps in care. So I think you have to look at the proxies that will lead towards that success. And then do you have those metrics you can measure in your own data? Uh, I don't recommend just going with the carrier data because of course it'll always <laughs> be set up for the carrier to succeed. So make sure you have your own data. Um, make sure you have got a baseline from hopefully two years prior from when you start. So that you can see whether whether you're having success or not um, on that. And again, you've got to monitor that engagement. Um, participating doesn't mean mean engaged. So you also have to have that conversation as to what engaged looks like, and make sure you have the measures to see that as well. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for all your insights, Tom. I think this is uh, you know gives uh, gives our listeners a lot to lot to listen to, and uh, it, it sounds like. Um, it's a full-time job in today's world to really navigate all this and uh, to have a big impact. Yeah, it is. It's a fun job, but it's it's definitely very involved. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you.